Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the React Native Show podcast. Before we start the episode about state management, let me quickly plug our newest free ultimate guide to React Native optimization, a comprehensive source of knowledge when it comes to improving the performance of your React Native application. We talk about the state management here on this podcast soon, and you can read how to make your state management fast in our guide. So make sure to check the guide after you listen to this show. And yeah, let's go, with, let's go on with the show. Hi, hello, and welcome to the next episode of our The React Native Show podcast, where we discuss the latest and greatest of React and React Native. Uh, and we chat with awesome guests like my today's guest, Ola Desmo-Linczewska. <laughs> Uh, a software engineer here. Thank you. Uh, Ola is a software engineer here at Callstack and uh, an amazing writer who just wrote a book about state management, which gives me an awesome excuse to talk about state management in React and React Native on this podcast. So, Ola, can you tell us some more about your book? What is it called? Yes. Uh, so it's funny to hear like uh, that I just wrote a book because it was such a long process that it, it, it took a year. But yeah, I, I did manage to finish it. And the title is Simplifying State Management in React Native. And there's like a subtitle that's very, very long. And um, the <laughs> subtitle is Master State Management from Hooks and Context through, yeah. through Redux, <laughs> Mobux, XState, Jotai, and React Query. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess you are describing a lot of different right libraries there. Exactly, exactly. Uh, the goal of the book is to show the whole landscape of different state management libraries that are there for us to use. Funny. This is the exact the same thing that I wanted you to explain to us today. So that, uh, oh, that turned out great. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> maybe firstly, let's talk about state the native state management in React Native, uh, the default one. Uh, why do we even need state in React Native? Yes, so uh, I, I would guess most of us React Native devs um, where we are JavaScript developers, basically, right? So JavaScript, uh, we think about web development, websites, uh, and a lot of us started actually with React.js and then moved on to React Native. Uh, in any case, this is still JavaScript. So um, when first websites were created, they were just they were mostly created on the back end, and the back end would serve stuff to the front end, and front end developers would just show like a bunch of you know squares that we would always have to center, and we never knew how to. <laughs> um, but um, what what developed was that uh, like the front end uh, solutions are more and more complex and angular was born and react was born so we're doing more and more stuff on the front end and not we're not relying on the back end anymore we just get the data from the back end and we do all the magic on the front end also and we are happened, not displaying the the static sites anymore we are creating web apps web apps exactly so what uh, what the what the front end developers realized is that when you have this web app it's difficult to manage all of the little things that change across your app. You may have like a side menu or settings that are, you know, used across the entire app and you have to like drill down to find them. So, um, so, so the developers knew there has to be like a better way to manage this. And that's when we, um, we got our first state management library that's external to React and it's Redux. And we'll talk about that more later, of course. Uh, but that was like the first, um, the first moment that, that we had like a better solution to manage the state of all sorts of different things, of models, themes, whatever the user has in the web app. And uh, all of that kind of uh, works the same in React Native apps, since yeah, it's okay. also JavaScript. So in just regular React, we have the set state, the use state, use state hook now and set state previously in, in, in classes. So I guess that's the default one. What are the limitations of the default state management in React? Well, the, the default state management uh, is, well, well, the biggest problem is that you have to, you, you set your state in your parent component. And let's say, 
like the the extreme example is that your parent component, uh, well, the the thing that you want to set in your state is a theme for your app. So you have to set it at the very top in yeah. like your, your parent parent component, right? And then you go through uh, tens, maybe even hundreds of components to get down to like some button that you have somewhere in some screen that has to be either blue or red or whatever, depending on the theme. So you have to pass this prop and never ever make a typo and never ever forget it. Uh, and, and, and then what if you want to change it through a button? Then you also have to pass the uh, function that changes the state. So it's yeah, a, yeah. it's a whole, it's a lot of shenanigans. Okay, yeah. So we needed a better solution. And you said the first one was uh, Redux? The first one was Redux. So uh, to anyone who's sort of familiar with this, the history of React, um, first we had set state, uh, only set state, and we mostly used class components. And then Redux was created. And only after Redux was created, uh, hooks were introduced. So a lot of people kind of turned away from Redux and started using hooks um, because use state and use effect are more comfortable to use uh, with functional components than the old set state with class components. Yeah, I, I wonder when in this timeline that you just set up for us, when the context was introduced, because context actually answers the question about theming, right? You can uh, have a context at the top of your app uh, and uh, context provider at the top of your app and context, uh, what, what is it called? Um, a consumer, I think. Consumer, uh, when, when you want to consume this, this, this theme variable, right? So yeah, and yeah. Redux actually uses context under the hood to uh, to work its magic, let's say. Yeah. Uh, so context was introduced. Like context for us regular developers was introduced after hooks, or like along with hooks, maybe, or like just after hooks. Mm -hmm. uh, it it still feels like a, a sort of a new solution that people are getting used to. It's like at first everybody was in love with it, just like use effect, and everybody would just put use effects everywhere in their apps, and then they put context everywhere in their apps. And I saw this funny tweet that if if your app with uh, with your context providers, if it looks like a bunch of uh, geese flying east, you know, with the whole yeah, context, yeah, context, yeah, yeah. context, that you have a problem. You know, this is not cool. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so. Context is uh, is an interesting solution, but it's not uh, a solution for everything. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so um, I want to talk about your book now, and let's structure this podcast as you structured your book. So I want to um, maybe start um, discussing the philosophies of state management. There are hundreds probably of different libraries but yes. we can gather and even them. hundreds can... more since the book got published <laughs> <laughs> yes uh we have a new one every day uh seriously <laughs> so we can probably group them in some category in some groups so what are the categories and how we can um yeah categorize the the state management solutions uh um a way to categorize them that I like a lot is by three fancy words, flux, proxy, and atom. Mm -hmm. So the flux philosophy is what Redux uses. It's a, um, it's a, so the philosophy, you know, it's not, we're not talking about code. We're talking high level, just ideologies. Uh, so flux is um, something that was invented uh, at Facebook. It's a way to program that's uh, unidirectional. Um, and it's it's a unidirectional data flow, um, and it's very important to not uh, to to for it to be immutable. Like the state has to be immutable. That's like a important part of it. Um, the second type of state managed libraries is proxy. So a proxy, what it means is that it kind of uh, the state management library kind of magically, automatically wraps your components. And MobX is one of uh, is is a library like that. And then we have Atom State, which is uh, the example of that is Jotai, which uses uh, atoms that are very similar to use state hooks, it's just like very tiny 
pieces of state. So this is like high level philosophy stuff. And now people also, yeah, if I can, if I can interject here, I think most of the articles, most of the podcasts that I've heard, watched uh, on YouTube, uh, actually deal with this flux versus proxy, Redux versus Mobex uh, kind of division. And those are the two main players, let's say, on the uh, state management scene. Uh, the yes. Atom is quite a new concept, right? Yeah, Atom is new since... Um... Because it has, it's like a year old, maybe like a year and a half. And there's also there's also X State, which kind of escapes all uh, <laughs> categorization. categorization. <laughs> and then we also have React Query, which invites us to sort of think about state management in a completely different way to consider server state away from app state. And that's like a whole other game. But we should think about it and we should consider it when we create apps. Yeah, 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 definitely. So. Um... Having that categories in mind, uh, yes. what was the research uh, process of your book? How did you um, approach the the specific libraries? What kind of um, data were you looking for to, to describe them? Yes. So uh, what I like to do is I like to work on like on real life organisms. I don't like to just stay in the theoretical field. So I decided that I I created a simple app. Um, It was at first tempting to do a to do app since that was like uh, all the React tutorials were doing to do apps. But for React Native, that's that's a little too small. So it doesn't it's not enough to to do anything really. Uh, I needed something where I would have navigation and different screens and I would have to share data between screens, right? So I decided to create a small clone of a social media app. So mm-hmm. it's I have this little app that I found like some uh, free designs on Dribbble that I was able to use. And you just have like your feed screen, your uh, liked images screen and like your conversations, something like that. Uh, so I said, I, I set up that app um, using just React uh, at first, just React. So hooks and context mm-hmm. uh, and facing all of the issues that, that are there with using just hooks and context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the app is the feed, feed, the wall that I have some photos on that I can yeah. like, that I can yeah. heart them. And I have like a few tabs. You yeah. have uh, your liked images tab and like your settings tab and conversations. And if I like, a post, a picture, or, or something, it appears in my like tab. Exactly. Yeah. That's okay. that's exactly the the challenge to have. You have the feed of somebody else's images. You open the image in the model. You like it, and then it should appear in your liked images screen, which is in no way connected one to the other. So that's why we need a state management library to kind of manage all of that for us. Can and you maybe say some more about the state connections there. So if I like this picture, it should appear on the second tab, but it also should have some indicator probably on the feed tab. Is there something else? Is there some other connections that we should know about? Uh, no, 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 that's it. Uh, I mean, on the on the feed tab, uh, you, you open a model and in the model, you, you click, you, you like you press a heart that uh, indicates that the image is liked or is not liked. Okay. Or when you open yeah. the model, if the image, if the heart is filled up, you know that the image has been liked. So the model, um, I, I use React Navigation in the app. So I have, you know, tabs through React Navigation and, uh, and the model is, um, well, it's a model. It lives inside of the feed tab. So you know, yeah. the feed tab okay. doesn't even have a common uh, parent with the liked images tab. Uh, as much as you know, just like mm-hmm. well, the root, you know, just yeah. like it is in React Navigation. Sure, thanks for explaining. Yeah, and uh, so so what I'm doing uh, once the app is set up, what I'm changing with every single library, I, I would take that functionality and rewrite it in the given uh, in, in, a, in a given with a given state management library to see how difficult it is, uh, how much work it is, and how how different it is to think using that library. Because and that is, spoiler that is alert, very, every yeah. like the the biggest difference is that every state management li- library forces you to think in a different way about your state. 
that's like okay. the biggest difference. I really appreciate that this is a very controlled environment that you have your uh, control group, which is uh, set state and context, and you have this yeah. all of these different libraries, but it's all set up in one repository. Uh, and the underlying root structure, navigation structure is the same for all of them? Yes. Yes, yeah, it's the same okay. app. Like, uh, so I have the the basic app, and then for every state management library, I just I took the app with just hooks and context, and I replaced hooks and context with the given state management yeah. library. Okay. So what else? What is the other the, the next step of your process uh, after creating the app and plugging in the state uh, library uh, management? Well, doing a lot of research was my next step, usually just the reading documentation. Uh, and uh, I was also reaching out to the creators of those state management libraries. I was very lucky that uh, most of them replied and like replied to a bunch of questions I had about about their their libraries. Um, but I hope we can like go one by one and then I'll go more into Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I, I would love to do that. So uh, shall we start? Yeah. Okay, let's start with, uh, I would say it's the oldest, it's the <laughs> most hated, but it is also the bulletproof, the, the corporate yeah. chosen one. Uh, can you guess what it is? <laughs> yeah, it's Redux. <laughs> yeah. People let's love to Redux. hate Redux. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so Redux was created by Dan Abramov at Facebook. Um, and as I said uh, a few moments before, it's based on this flux philosophy of unidirectional data flow. And uh, I highly recommend watching the Egghead course by Dan Abramov on Redux because what he does is that he, he sort of, uh, he implements Redux from scratch, which is just uh, very informative to watch. Uh, and it's a free course, so everybody go ahead and do that. Um, Let's link it in the in the show notes. Sure. Um, so what happened with Redux is that yeah, it's it's people love to hate it because it's pretty old and it didn't, in my personal opinion, it didn't age very well uh, because uh, when you set up Redux, you have to have a huge boilerplate, and when you have a big app, it feels that every time you need to change anything in your app you have to change like a thousand different things. So what happened is that um, there was a, another library cr created like a, well, it's called Redux Toolkit. Okay, so yeah. Redux Toolkit was created to help. It's with a utility, all of uh, utility on top of, of Redux. Yes, exactly. Um, so this utility makes uh, working with Redux much easier uh, and I also I recommend it, and I uh, it's maintained by Mark Erickson uh, on Twitter. His handle is AceMark, and I spoke with him a little bit about um, why why he works with uh, Redux Toolkit. He told me that he just he just liked using it, you know. And then he would answer a bunch of questions, and then he became very active in the community. And now he's the main maintainer of Redux Toolkit. And what's uh, super impressive with um, Mark Erickson is that he's like he he's in a bunch of different places answering questions about Redux Toolkit. He's on Stack Overflow, he's on Discord, he's on Twitter, and he's very open to answering all sorts of questions. Um, so that's the creators. Uh, now, going back to the library itself, uh, when you start with pure Redux uh, and you listen to that Egghead course by Dan Abramov, he talks a lot about how state is immutable and that yeah. you should never mutate state, right? And you know, if you use pure Redux and you write your reducer, uh, so as far as nomenclature goes, you have reducers, you have actions, you have the store. The store is like the state of your app and it's and it's this entity that lives kind of outside uh, of your app and all sorts of magic happens there. And then if you want to change something in that state, in that store, you have to use an action, you have to dispatch an action and then there's reducers also the, the state is like a global thing the, it's only one state even though there are some abstractions on top of it that you can treat some parts of as separate parts 
the state is one. There is one uh, one state yes. in in Redux. Yes. And, and if you want to change it, yeah. you dispatch an action. The redu reducer listens, <laughs> I guess, for that yeah. action, and then what? <laughs> And then uh, the state is changed and it's accessible yeah. to your entire app. The new state is accessible to your entire app. Uh, but I wanted to touch a little bit upon that immutable, immutable uh, stuff, because as I said, if you if you use pure Redux, uh, you 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 cannot mutate state because, you know, the, the world will blow up if you if, if if you mutate state in your reducer, pretty much. So if you use Redux Toolkit, Redux Toolkit uses a library called Immer uh, that kind of under the hood. So even if you, as the end user, you may think that you're mutating state, but Redux Toolkit uses Immer as, uh, well, as a middleman. So you, you, you even, you think that you're mutating state, but then Immer does its job to make sure the state is not mutated and then goes to this, to, to the implementation of Redux under the hood and the state stays immutable. So, um, so that's interesting about the whole mutable immutable thing because sometimes it's it's hidden from us the developers who use the libraries. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I used uh, I, I I guess the the two different approaches is that in the olden days you had to spread your array into a new array, yeah. and right now you can just push to existing array, yeah. and Emer will just create a new array under the hood. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So the question is, does it maybe like Emer is helping us, but it's also maybe creating bad, um, bad, uh, what's the word? Like mm, we, we are getting used to doing bad things, yeah. sort of. You know, if somebody works only with Redux Toolkit, they think they can just mutate state because that's well, what they but think Well, but the, the Redux Toolkit is the de facto way of using Redux now. Yeah. It's the, uh, <laughs> now I, I forgot the word. Is the, the go-to. Yeah, it's or, the go-to yeah. way. It's the recommended yeah. way of using Redux. Exactly. So I guess that's fine as long as you know that the state is actually not mutated. It is uh, yeah. immutable. Yeah. 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 That's a bunch of very smart words we just said there. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I feel like we could have a whole episode about Redux and it could have been three hours long. And everyone would understand half of it, even if we would use smart words, because Redux is so um, is so huge in in JavaScript yeah. in React world. Like I feel like every big app that wasn't written last year that I worked on uses Redux, right? Um, yes, yes, totally. Redux is synonymous with React. Pretty much right yes. now. If you yeah. look at uh, if you look at job opportunities like uh, job offers, there's if if they want React, they want Redux as well. Uh, yeah. Like 90% of the time, uh, and it is it is like battle tested. And uh, but the the sad thing is that we are so used to it being that that it's battle tested and it works really great that people are afraid to look outside of Redux and try to mm -hmm. find something else. Uh, so like that's a fun fact that Wukash and I, we work uh, currently together on a very big app that uses Redux. And yeah. it's seriously, it's mostly, so we have Redux Toolkit as dependency, but we don't take advantage of it enough in the app. And so most of the app is just pure Redux and it's making us sad sometimes. <laughs> like well, we try I'm... to do slices and stuff like that, but it's, uh, you know, we have a long ways to go for it to, to be comfortable to use, I think. Actually, I am happy to work on this project <laughs> because you are in it and you are an expert I mean, yes. in state management. So. Yes, the project. <laughs> I am very happy to work on that project as well, but I would be happier if we had more Redux Toolkit and less Redux. So I want to finish this Redux discussion. Yes. And yes. you said one thing at the end of there uh, that... Uh, Redux is so ubiquitous that yeah, people nice are afraid. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Are afraid <laughs> to look outside of Redux to look for something else there. What else is there? <laughs> what, yes. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're off to the next section, right? Um, yes. We 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 talked about just pure React, React and context and hooks. We we looked at the staple, the Redux. Uh, library that everybody seems to be using. And now let's 
venture a little bit outside of the box. Uh, the next library that I looked at in my book uh, was Mobex. Uh, Mobex was is also like the oldest, the second oldest after Redux. Which is still inside the box, to be honest. That's the the, the second the, the the second most used probably. Yes, 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 exactly. Mobex was sort of like an answer to the first uh, problems where people said, "Oh, we don't really love Redux," so so they Mobex was created. It was created by Michelle. Best trait. Oh my God, I hope I pronounced his name right. So <laughs> he's also the creative Emmer, and he also has a course on Egghead about Mobex, and it's also a very good course and it's free, and I recommend it. Another um, link in the show notes. Of course. Uh, so the thing is, uh, with uh, the biggest difference between uh, Redux and Mobex, uh, how Mobex wants to differentiate itself is that. Um, Mobex is a reactive library. It's, it uses reactive programming. So let's start with this whole philosophy again. Um, so in Mobex, you have, as I said, it's categorized in, as a proxy state management library because it kind of wraps your components and it tells them uh, to observe stuff or be observed. And then the changes happen uh, asynchronously and they are observed and stuff is changed so you know it's kind of like this the, the that's the idea the high level idea uh, behind mobex uh, on their in their documentation they say that they use functional uh, reactive programming so um, I tried to understand what that meant so functional <laughs> programming you know it's the opposite of imperative programming um, um, uh, no, like reactive programming is um, the opposite of imperative programming. So uh, I have a good example for that, actually. Yeah, so yeah. Um, in imperative programming, you can set that uh, variable A equals B plus C. And uh, if you change uh, if you change B and C, A stays later on in the program. A stays yeah. the same because B and C were changed later on. So in reactive programming, uh, when you change B and C later on, A will be changed as well because it reacts to the change. Because it's it's computed. The the Mobex, I, I love Mobex. I need to be honest about this. Like this is my favorite state management library. And I like I build I even built some helpers uh, for myself years nice. ago to for it to be more stable, let's say. Uh, mm -hmm. to behave more like uh, Redux in a sense that you cannot do everything everywhere. You have to follow some rules. But I wanted to... Uh, what I like about Mobex is the computed things, like you said. If mm -hmm. I have a computed value that depends on three different value values, if even one of them changed changes, my computed value the, is yeah. changed well, as changed. well, and something yeah. observes this value and re-renders. So... I don't have to care about setting five different state pieces because some action happened. I just yeah. changed this action and my stale state is derived from, from this small change, which yes, I really yes. like a lot and which saves me a lot of time uh, while yeah. developing. But and they create the, the, afterwards, the create, yeah, it can yeah. be <laughs> hard to track. <laughs> What, yeah, what it become, becomes happened. sort of a web of uh, yeah. dependencies. So the, the creators of Mobex in their documentation, they talk a lot about deriving stuff and they like they encourage the users to derive everything that is possible to be derived because that that ensures that your app your your app will stay up to date, right? Because all this stuff is derived and you don't have to yes. think about what what depends on what. Um so um, and, uh, so that that's how Redux is different from Mobex, uh, and I can tell you how Mobex is similar to Redux is that Redux has Redux Toolkit and Mobex has Mobex State Tree. Yes. So yeah. as much as Mobex is unopinionated and you can use it with any UI library that you want, uh, Mobex State Tree is a little bit more opinionated and it has a lot of helper functions and utilities. And honestly, the utility—I love the utilities in Mobex State Tree. It's like they—it's—it's it's almost as if they thought about everything. You—you can—you can just find everything you may need to derive all sorts of data and construct your your state tree how you want to. 
And um, Mobex State Tree is maintained by Jamin Holmgren, who is the uh, CTO or CEO of Infinite Red. Oh my yeah. God, I can remember now. Uh, but anyways, I, I think he's I, the CTO, yeah. CTO, CTO, yeah. yeah. Um, so I spoke he with him a little. He talks about Mobex State Tree constantly. And also yeah. Mobex State Tree is a, a default weight of state management in... Ignite, which is a yeah, boilerplate yeah. for React Native from, from Infinite, Infinite Red. Red. Yeah, exactly. And Mobex State Tree was also what I use. I didn't use pure Mobex. I use Mobex State Tree in my app uh, because after reading a little bit about it, I thought that just using Mobex alone would be a little bit more painful than Mobex State Tree. <laughs> and Mobex State Tree was a breeze. It was it was awesome because you set up you set up your state uh, like in your your tree with all the actions and all the stuff, and then you tell the component to observe it and you're done. And um, it was it was really it was really nice to to use. Uh, so I don't blame I you a... for, for loving it. Uh, yeah, I, I do love Mobex, but it's been a while since I used it last time because like you said, we work on a huge project which uses Redux. So I'm in the Redux territory uh, right now. But I, I want to ask about the terminology. In the Redux world, you said we have reducers, uh, state actions. What are the counterparts in the Mobex world? Well, it's difficult to talk counterparts since mm, it's it's set up very differently in in Mobex state tree. So you have you have your one like your one file. Uh, let's say uh, in in Redux, you have to set up all your stuff, uh, your actions separately, your reducers separately, and your store somewhere else. So in Mobex State, we, you you create your one file that would be sort of like a slice in Redux, maybe mm -hmm. a store Philosoph philosophically, a sort of. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so you set up your uh, your object, and the actions on that object are kind of set up all together in the tree. Um, and I can't remember if there are, if there are any specific. Well, there's the observer. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So. Th th that was that what I was uh, aiming at. That you have okay. to wrap your components in observers <laughs> yeah, observer. to listen yeah. for the state changes, basically. Yeah. So that and yeah, that that is one word that is specific for which is uh, which is Redux. like a counterpart of connect in Redux or yes hooks somehow, right? Yes, totally, totally. That would be the the counterpart. Yeah, of of connect, I would say so. Yeah, and um, Mobex State Tree uh, is uh, uses TypeScript as a first class citizen. So I started out re writing my app in JS because I thought that maybe creating it in TypeScript would add another layer of difficulty to the readers. So I wanted to avoid that, and I I just I would just write everything in JavaScript, and then I got to Mobex and. Then I was so sad because it's so much better in TypeScript. Everything is typed and is safe, and it feels like you just you can't break your app because you have to you have to add types, and um, you know that that was a I thought it was too bad that I used JavaScript at that point. So is Mobex branch the only branch in TypeScript in your in your project? No. No, I still use JavaScript. I wanted to, oh, you know, okay. as a, like I wanted to keep that control environment. But I did wrote in the book that uh, all the examples from Mobix Tree are in TypeScript, and that I recommend to look into it. For yeah, all the readers. Okay, thanks a lot. That I think that wraps up our Mobix discussion. Mobix is the best state library, <laughs> and you should use it with Mobix State Tree. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Uh, right now, I want to look at something really outside the box. And you said that in the very beginning, that yes. some libraries follow Flux, some libraries follow Proxy, uh, yes. some libraries are Atom-based. Yes. And there is one and that... <laughs> that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which one is it? Then there's XState. So XState is a library that was created by David Korshed. Uh, also, I hope I pronounced his name right. His on Twitter, his handle is David K Piano, and he's also very active uh, on Twitter. Um, so, um, and one of the nicest things about Xate is that it has a visualizer. So we have this website uh, where you—it's um, free to use. You just dump your 
state machine. We'll get to that in a second. And you see, you, you see a visualiza visualization of all the stuff that can happen uh, in your app if you do this. What action will happen? How the state will change? And where, where, what is the next state? So that's super useful. And I also had a chance to exchange a, a couple of messages with David, and he said that actually working on the visualizer is the most difficult part, and that's what takes most of his time, uh, not the library itself. Um, yeah, so going back to the library itself, uh, it's rooted very strongly in mathematics um, and exactly in the concept of state machines. And uh, the concept itself is that anything can be in only one state at any given time. Um, when, you, we, when we go to um, web development or app development, you have a button and it's either clicked you know, or checkbox. It's either checked or it's not checked. It's mm -hmm. always in one of those two states. So uh, you start out with this, um, with this sort of mental model that uh, all of this stuff in your app has to be in some sort of state. And you model your state machine on the basis of that. You kind of write... You have to, you always have to have your default state. And then you you tell your state machine that if this happens, this element should go into this state, you know? So, um, so that's that's all very much based in high level mathematics. There's a, in the XC documentation, which is very well written, there's a bunch of links to articles uh, about all those mathematical concepts. Well, it has to be well written because the concept itself, it's so outside of the like your normal world, normal thinking about programming. I remember some of it from university. Uh, Did you like, like it? Uh, like the concept in abstract seems simple, but mm -hmm. when I look at our application and the whole array of states that should be in different states, right? And how they interact with each other. I cannot wrap my head around connecting this to anything else that Redux. Like this is a completely different uh, mental model. And uh, it is. yeah, so it is. how did it go in, uh, including this into your small, let's say small <laughs> yeah. scale, uh, yeah, application? The scale, the scale is very small. So, um, X state is, this is just a personal preference. I love this state management library. That, that's actually my favorite. And, and whenever I use it, I feel like if I start out with just a, a bare bones React app and then I add X state, I just can remove like all of the use effects and all of the crap because X state manages all of it. Uh, and so, so that's like, um, it's very succinct. Um, you have your all your states in one place, and you have your machine, and then you kind of then you pass it through context, and you use it in your app, and it's um, very logically linked, like mm -hmm, in the mm -hmm. state machine, you have everything linked in the state machine. Uh, they also it's uh, the XA also makes it very easy to use promises because promises are state machines. When you think about it, yeah. the mental model, right? You you go in, you have your your loading, then you have either success or failure. So you they they just they they fit in like a puzzle piece into your state machine. You can do all your fetching, and it doesn't feel like with Redux fetching feels and and saving data feels like a workaround. Sort of, <laughs> yeah, like a little bit unnatural. Yeah. Uh, with with X state, it you feel right at home. It's fine. You have your promise. You have your data. It's mm -hmm. loaded. It's not loaded. It changes. It's very comfortable to use. Uh, as far as complex applications are concerned, there's this concept of state explosion. And it's a, it's also a very, uh, there's a very nice article in the um, XC documentation that we can also link in, in this podcast. Um, sure. Because you, you start out thinking about this, uh, this mental model, this uh, state that you have a checkbox and it's so easy and simple, but then you have five checkboxes check and maybe 
an input field and the input field is depends on checkboxes and maybe on the text that you put in and it can be valid or invalid and it's sort of kind of it blows up that's what i said before that exactly. one checkbox is easy enough but then everything depends on each other and it it, yes. it becomes a mess can you please and it's called a state explosion and there are utilities <laughs> oh, okay. in yeah and there are utilities in uh x-state that help you get your head wrapped around that and and get your code working and and being readable which is the most uh, important. i was going to ask you about something but first let me uh, let me ask you about something else and then please remind me to ask you a proper question okay. but the less proper question is this is a quite new library as well right this is also around two years old yeah two or three can remember now yeah it's pretty pretty yeah. new okay so the proper question is can you please dump it down dump down the use uh, of this library for me what is the connections to react where are the different where do different pieces of xstate live what do i have in my component how do i change the state stuff like that all of the state changes uh, happen in your uh, state machine so you write your state machine it's just one file where you where you set up all the states that uh, your thing your your piece of state can be in if it can mm -hmm. be checked unchecked valid invalid um whatever you you write your state machine you export it and then you, as far as react is concerned you pass it through context and then you use it across your app and xstate make sure the your app doesn't re-render a thousand times and unnecessarily. In, my, in my react component i have access to this one checkbox and i have access to some function that changes this checkbox what is the function uh, well, in your component, you you add your like use machine hook because you know hooks are mm -hmm. fancy yeah. and everybody <laughs> uses hooks. <laughs> uh, so you uh, yeah you have you have you you can have access to anything you want to export from this uh, from the state machine because maybe you can like the ideally you would have all of your inner workings and state changes in the state machine and not in the component. Right, so uh, ideally, yeah. but then sometimes you need to like pass a function that if you click this button, this should change. So yeah, this is all exported from the machine, and um, use it through hooks. Sure. Okay. Uh, I will definitely look into the documentation of this. Like I said, um, it feels just weird, uh, but I take that you love it, and from your recommendation. I'm going to try it as well in my next uh, weather app project or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's that it's small it's, scale. Yeah, it's like a very super personal opinion. It's like, I, I cannot tell you why I like React and other people like Angular. It's just there are mental models like that, that. What? Who does like <laughs> Angular? Who likes people, Angular? <laughs> people used to like Angular. Moving on from my bad yes. joke about Angular, uh, <laughs> we were talking about. Uh, X state now, and yes. let's move on to the last on our the philosophies baby. list: the yeah. atom philosophy. Yes. And the representant from atom philosophy is Jotai. Joe, Jotai, take it away. Yes, so Jotai is is the baby of the bunch. Is the youngest library. But it was actually created because there's another library created by Facebook called Recoil. But mm -hmm. Recoil is, uh, it, they have a GitHub repository, but it's marked very clearly that it's an experimental library. And it's been an experimental library for a year, a year and a half. And the creators of uh, Dotai were tired of waiting for Recoil and they created their, their own implementation. Um, and they call it um, they called it Jotai, uh, which means something in Japanese probably because uh, the creator of uh, Jotai uh, Daishi Kato, he is Japanese. Let's He's part it. of. I I'm am, gonna translate I'm sure it in the background. Something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and please talk. Sure. Uh, so uh, Daishi Kato is part of this group called Poimandras. Uh, it's a group of. It's a. Um, it's a group of. 
people who love all sorts of React stuff and they work for free on uh, on making all the React world better, pretty much. They have a Discord group, which is open and anybody can join. Uh, they also have a Twitter account. Uh, and uh, they also created a bunch of other state management libraries. They created Zustand, which is like a modern Redux implementation. They created Valtio, which is a, a modern MobX implementation. And they created Jotai, uh, which is this Atom implementation. Uh, the mental model behind Jotai is that we don't have this blob of state, but we have very atomic small pieces of state that are not necessarily linked together. So I tried out this library in my small app and I cannot vouch for how it would uh, work in a bigger app. I have no idea. Uh, in a small app, it worked very nicely. Like it sort of felt like magic. Um, and you just use hooks, hooks in context pretty much, but the, you know, the specialized hooks that use Atom. Uh, they have async atoms for fetching. Um, the documentation is very short. Like the it will take you a half hour to read the entire documentation. Um, and you can, the library is very open to adding uh, different things to it that you can use. Uh, it cooperates very well with other um, mm -hmm. libraries mm -hmm. that you may have in your app. And and yeah, that's pretty much it. And I also spoke with Daishikaru a little bit on Twitter. He's also very active on Discord in the Point Manders group and on Twitter. And he just started giving out talks like this. The last year, I think, was the first time he appeared in person uh, at a conference to talk about Jotai. So, okay, okay. that's nice. Uh, I checked and Jotai me means state. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I bet Zustan what... and Valtio also mean state in some language. Yeah, uh, Zustan I also heard about. Um, what would you say is the mm, biggest selling point of Jotai uh, over more battle-tested libraries? The biggest selling point is to uh, for people to stop going automatically to Redux. Mm -hmm. Because if you're writing an app that is not huge, but just that, I mean, 90% of apps that we use are not huge. Let's be honest. It's like a couple of screens and yeah. it doesn't need a robust state management library um, that needs a huge boilerplate. Um, so the biggest selling point is to think twice and maybe all you need are just a couple of atoms yeah and that, that will be enough for your global state and also like this is a different paradigm from the x state is is other league but yeah the yeah. the paradigm is different so i guess it's nice to check few options during your career, right? And exactly. figure out what you like best and maybe pick and choose. Maybe you can mix them together and maybe you can uh, think of something yourself in your day-to-day -day development. It has nothing to do with state management, but maybe you can introduce some of other philosophies in, in, in your uh, code architecture. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Okay, uh, we were talking about state, which is Jotai in Japanese. And yeah. now let's move on to React Query, which is, yes. I think, the last one in your book. Yes. Is that correct? Yes, okay. yes, exactly. Because that's the, the outlier. It's not the youngest library, but it's the outlier because it invites the developer to think even more outside the box, right? Because we were just talking about how to manage state in your app. Uh, so this means every every app, virtually every app, uh, fetches some data and then has to do something with the data on the screen to display it to the to the user. Mm. So uh, what React Query did when they came on the scene is that they said, "Hey, maybe you know this is server state and maybe you shouldn't play around with it." In mm -hmm. your app, in in the state of your app, but just respect that is this is server state, and all you have to do is make sure that it's fresh, yes. and yeah. that's it. Uh, so if if your user changes the theme of the app, and 
the theme that they are using is preserved on the server because every time the user logs in, you know, they request the stuff from the server and the server says, oh, hi, your name is this and you like to use the dark theme. We don't have to, we don't have to keep that in the state of the app. We can just use the server state and just make sure it's fresh. So that's that's the um, uh, that's the philosophy behind React Query, which is actually rebranded. It's Tan Stack Query right now because mm -hmm. it was first created to uh, cater to React, but then they expanded. It was created by Tanner Lindsley, uh, and the, the, he has a bunch of other libraries. And he decided to rebrand so that people know that Tanstack Query can be used uh, with different different libraries, different UI libraries. Um, and the the biggest resource, the best resource for learning about Tanstack Query is a blog by TK Dodo. That, that's his handle on the blog and on Twitter. Uh, his name's real name is Dominique. I'm not I'm not even sure about his last name. But uh, so he's he has a blog about uh, Tanstack Query, and he, this is the best resource to learn about this library. Okay. Uh, one thing that I want to comment on uh, from your description of Tamstack Query, React Query previously. React yeah. Query is the much better name. <laughs> right? <laughs> I can't get used to Tamstack Query either. Yeah. Give us but, time. Uh, so just so I understand and so our listeners, viewers understand, previously in React and MobX and, other, and every other state management library, what you have is you have your asynchronous action to your server. Server gives you some data, and then you push it to your store. You just save it to your yeah. store. And yeah. React Query is actually a caching mechanism that just uh, ask your server for some data, and like it lives in your application, but somehow, yeah. somehow not. <laughs> somehow not, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so um, you described it very well. Uh, the the biggest the, you de described very well the biggest difference that uh, with those state management libraries we we fetch and we keep the state in the uh, the server state we put it in the app state and we try to make sure that it's synced that it's the same maybe you know rerun um, some uh, fetches to the server from time to time uh, or not. Uh, and with React Query, you you just you fetch the data, and it it lives in a cache layer, which is mm -hmm. um, which is accessible through hooks. Again, you you set up your context, your query context at the root of your app, and then you across your app you use a hook. And I remember uh, Wukash, we spoke about adding uh, React Query to the project we are working on. And I remember that we had this conversation where, where we were in a group and people were asking, okay, but how do you get React Query data into Redux? Because like that's the first thought. You that's don't. like the first that that, that <laughs> right? But you don't exactly. This lives completely <laughs> separately. It's just a layer. It's a it's a caching layer, uh, pretty much. And you don't. You can, it's like you, you have like, for example, you have like uh, functions to mutate data, but you, the mutate, the data mutation functions are actually post functions to the server, right? You post data to the server and that's the mutate function pretty much. But then mm -hmm. there's a whole bunch of magic that happens so that before the server responds, you can display some stuff. Um, so, so caching is the basic building block of your query and then there's a whole bunch of magic with uh, pre uh, preloading optimistic mm -hmm. updates infinite queries um, it's today it's a very well developed library that answers real problems in real apps yeah 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 I, I, I like it a lot uh, I have not used it <laughs> but uh, you introduced it to me and since then yeah. I really uh, I really get a feel of how it can improve uh, my life as a developer and my yeah. applications. Uh, yeah, and that definitely. was React Query. Yes. React Query is the last uh, state management in your application. In sorry, in your book, in, book. Uh, yes. in your fabulous book. Uh, <laughs> yes. What are the other uh, honorable mentions that you want to briefly maybe talk about? What other state libraries are there that you maybe not didn't have time to include in a book? 
Yes. So as I mentioned, there, there are a couple of libraries created by the Poimandras group. There's Zustant and Valtio. Um, and since I finished writing my book, there's also Legend State. And I feel like we, we joked at the beginning that there is a new state library every day. But I love that. I, I mean, if you think about it, a few years ago, it was just Redux and maybe Mobex. Like, Redux was like the go-to and the uh, and if if you were feeling funky you would use Mobex. Yeah. But since then for hipsters. <laughs> for hipsters, exactly. Uh, and but but since then we have this plethora of solutions and that is great because uh, every app is different and every team is different and all these libraries solve pretty much the same problem but mm -hmm. in very different ways. So I'm happy to see that developers can uh, read the documentation and you know, decide that, okay, I like this, I don't like that, and this speaks to me better. And you know, I, even, uh, if, even arguments like the documentation, if you like how the documentation is structured, you will go back to the documentation, you will use your library yeah, in definitely. the best possible way, right? If you hate the docs, then you're not going to be able, you're just going to fight the fight your app all, all day long, and that's too bad. Yeah, and the, the same goes with the community. If the library has a huge community, like you said, guy from uh, Redux Toolkit, he answers yeah. questions on like a few time. different <laughs> platforms about yeah. this. And I, what I've heard is that's how he got involved in the like main... Uh, React uh, Redux team because he was so active in Redux toolkit. Yes. So yes. so yeah. Um, yes, maybe exactly. I can do a little sales pitch here to all of our clients. Maybe if you have a state solution that you don't like or maybe is not performant enough, uh, reach out. We have Ola, who is a <laughs> world class expert, uh, author of a book <laughs> about state management. We have uh, other. Uh, very, very proficient development developers in migrating from one state library to the other, introducing React query, stuff like that. Reach out. Uh, Ola, uh, yes. thank you so much. We were discussing a lot of different state libra libraries. Yes. Uh, let's talk about your book for a minute. So uh, yes. if you could give me an advice, how would I... <laughs> A guy who didn't write a book in his <laughs> life. How, how how did you approach write, writing your book? What was your process? Uh, so I, I was very uh, I was very lucky to be approached by the publisher Pact, and I'm very very I was very humbled by it. Um, before they approached me, I did a couple of talks at conferences, so I guess that's how I got discovered, you may say. And then um, I got approached by this publisher and we had a couple of meetings online about um, what I could write about, how much time it may take and stuff like that. And then throughout throughout writing the book, they were very nice in uh, poking me and saying, hey, we need that next chapter like yesterday. <laughs> so networking. And they were always they were always super nice and I was always late. So I'm very thankful to them. Um, and uh, yeah, I had to do a lot, a lot of research uh, that everybody can do, but it does take a lot of time. I have this quote that's actually also on my uh, Twitter uh, background that opportunity is often missed by people because it's dressed in overalls. So this means that you get a lot of opportunities in life, but once you get the opportunity, you have to work hard to get something out of it. Yeah. And I feel that writing this book was, was totally like that. The opportunity was just like the beginning, and then there's a lot of hard work that, that goes into that. And how long it took you to, to do it? It took me a year. To, like starting, well, I, maybe 11 months. Yeah. Yeah, when you when you first told me about it, it was February last year. Uh, yeah, yeah. February but then, but year. in February, so I I started writing in February, but I started talking with Pact in like November before that. Mm -hmm. So okay, okay. Um, can you tell us again what is the book called and where people can find it? Where I can yes. find it? Yes. Yes. So the book is called Simplifying State Management in React Native. 
And this, the very longest subtitle is Master State Management from Hooks and Context through Redux, Mobex, XState, Dodi, and React Query. You can find it on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. You can buy it for Kindle or starting January 13th, 2023, you will be able to buy the paperback version. And I have a personal question for you, Wukash, since you're also a great expert. I want to ask you if you would be willing to write uh, write an opinion on the book and you will receive a free book if you agree. So please agree. <laughs> I will do anything for a, for a free book of yours, but only if it's great. signed. Uh, I will definitely <laughs> read the book and I will uh, definitely write an opinion about it. Uh, also, complementary to the book is the repository that we talked about throughout this episode of our yes. podcast. Uh, is it on your GitHub? Is, where is it? Uh, it's on a, it's on the publisher's GitHub, but I mm -hmm. think it's public. So we're going to put a link in the description. Um, and yeah, and my like my long term dream is to build out a website like Component Party. I don't know if you know that website, uh, componentparty.dev. Uh, that's a website where you can check different UI libraries. You like you put in what what you want to use, like um, I don't know, a button or whatever, and you can check how that would be implemented in Svelte, in uh, Vue, in React. So mm -hmm. like my long term dream is to build a website like that for state management libraries. Oh, OK. It's nice. And hopefully, I'll be working on that in the next few months. Over the next year. Yeah. <laughs> OK. Uh, Ola, I can't thank you enough. Uh, thank you so much. You are a thank great you. colleague of mine. Uh, I learn a lot from you every day uh, on the project that we work on together. And I'm so, so glad that you came onto this podcast and we could talk about state management. Thank you so much. And thank you so much. I, I learn from you every day as well. And um, I'm very humbled to be here and very thankful. And thank you. Thank you. To all of our listeners, thank you for listening and for watching. And to see you in the next episode of the React Native Show podcast. Thank you. Thank you.